Don't you get tired of hearing about how polarized society is? Let us take a mindful and pragmatic approach. This podcast will break down internal conflicts, helping you navigate these topics and allow them to coexist in your life. I'm your host, Aisha, a lover of deep conversations, and let's get started. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of the Coexisting Podcast. I'm your host, Aisha, and I'm very happy that you're here. So today is the seventh episode of the podcast, and I also wanted to announce that this will be the one before last. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but basically I decided that the first season will have eight episodes because I need I need time to evaluate how the first season went and to decide what are the improvements that I want to implement for the second season. So yeah, I'm very excited that today we are going to be talking about resistance. And why do I want to talk about resistance? So we talk about internal conflicts and a lot of times, let's say we decide, okay, given the conflict that we are dealing with, we will be taking this direction. And sometimes changing something in our lives, whether it's the way we live our lives, our thoughts, our habits, a very natural response to change within our bodies is resistance. Personally, I didn't realize what resistance was or how it felt like up until recently because I've been reading about the topic. And the more I read about it, the more I could recognize it. So I think it's important to also share that knowledge with you so that if you have areas in your life in which resistance is coming up, that you can also be aware of it because a lot of times resistance It's such a strong emotion or a strong reaction in our bodies that it feels very normal. It doesn't feel like something crazy. So until you know what it is and when it actually comes up, it's quite difficult to catch it, or for me at least. So I'm very excited to talk about it. I think it's also good to lead with a very concrete example since we talk a lot about theory, but I think grounding it in experiences is super important as well. And one example I could think of was, for example, let's say that it bothers you that you're not waking up early enough like you want to because you decided for yourself that the person who you want to be is someone that wakes up early and has a very elaborate morning routine before getting into the day-to-day tasks. So now you want to take action and You've never been someone that wakes up early. It's always been a struggle for you, but now you really want to make a really big change in your life. And you prepare your alarm. You make sure that you're hydrated before going to bed. You go to bed early so you can wake up as well, not feeling tired. And then the next morning, the alarm goes off. And you know that it went off. You can hear it. You know as well that your goal is to wake up early. But somehow you just don't get up. You just, in that moment, decided you're not going to get up. And there are so many feelings, beliefs that are underlying not doing so, like sabotaging what you plan to do. And this is just one example of how resistance manifests. There are many more. So yeah, let's talk about it. And in this episode, the structure is going to be, first, we're going to talk about what is resistance and why does it come up? So just some basic facts. Then we can talk about the different disciplines and how they approach resistance. So psychology, sociology, and neuroscience. 
And then we will talk about how it manifests. So the concrete behaviors, feelings, thoughts. And then we are going to talk about a more pro- taking a practical approach for when resistance does come up and how to deal with it in our lives. So let's get into it. Here we go with some basic facts about resistance. The official term for resistance is psychological resistance, and it can manifest in different degrees. So it can be that someone says an opinion to you and you react in a way that you resist that thought or that idea. So that's a very subtle way. And then the example that I gave just now is more of a behavioral manifestation of resistance. So you decide to change course and then you find yourself struggling to actually take action. And this one can be very elaborate, but later we will go into it. And why does it come up? So resistance, it's not a up in the air type of emotion. It's actually, there's a neurological and psychological process underlying resistance, which honestly is so awesome because our brains are just amazing machines and it's crazy how, like how, even if we want to make positive change in our lives, our brains don't know how to distinguish between like positive and negative. They just know about habit and, okay, we'll get into that later as well. Um, And why it also comes up is that we are each our own individuals. So we have our unique way of responding. Some people are more prone to resistance depending on their, the way they grew up, their life experiences, the things they were taught as kids, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a very personal and individual way that it manifests. And I guess emotions are also very, very powerful here. So the way that it works, I mean, I've had many discussions about this, but a belief and a thought always comes before the emotion and before how it manifests. It's not the other way around necessarily. It's quite an unconscious process as well, which is why it's so difficult to catch because a lot of the beliefs that we have about who we are, what we want, etc., they are quite unconscious, so very deep into our subconscious, like we discussed in previous episode. So when resistance manifests, it's difficult to catch it because the emotions can feel very strong and it feels like it's you. So now let's talk about the different perspectives that I just mentioned and how different disciplines view resistance. There are different... So all these different disciplines that view resistance, I would say that their motivation for analyzing resistance is somewhat different, however, not so much. So looking at it from a sociological and political perspective, you can imagine that they kind of view it from the same perspective a bit. For example, resisting cultural change. If you think about the adoption of AI right now, there's also a lot of people that are resisting adopting these tools mindlessly into their lives. Um, I'm, I'm saying mindlessly, but I'm being a bit biased then. Let's just take away the mindlessly. People can resist changes in society. They can resist movements. And then we have the psychoanalytical approach and also psychology, which is more so focusing on individual, the individual, which is where I want to put the attention as well. And neuroscience is more the objective study of it. So what are the processes in the brain that are manifesting resistance? 
let's go first to create some common ground to the neuroscience perspective. I love learning about our brain. I used to read a lot of books about how the brain works. I mean, I stopped because it felt a bit too theoretical, but it's so amazing that the brain is so complex, but it also knows exactly what it wants and it knows exactly how to get there. And if you're not aware of it, like your brain will, okay, no cursing. If you're not aware of it, your brain will totally control you. It's insane. But okay, so our brains, they want to be as efficient as possible. They want, or it is so, that our actions a lot of times are automated. And there are regions in our brains that are preoccupied with making sure that we have actions that are automated. When we do something that's new, different, or unusual than what we are used to doing, our prefrontal cortex becomes really active. And when we do something new, our brain has to work harder and it needs to use more energy. And this can lead to mental and so physical discomfort. What happens? Mental discomfort also activates the amygdala, which is that center, that region in your brain that is preoccupied with your fight or flight response. So given that the amygdala is activated, then it also activates this fight or flight response. And then your brain tries to find within what is known for you as your automatic behaviors, it tries to find a way back to that. So when you feel discomfort because you're trying to do something new, your brain realizes, oh my God, what is this? I need to go back to what I know. And this is basically what it tries to do. So it tries to find comfort back. Okay, so let's try to find a concrete example of this. So let's say that you are very unfamiliar with a certain topic that you decided you want to write about, right? So you decided, hey, I want to push more content online. I want to be more out there. I want to start working on my personal brand. And your brain, this is something that you usually don't do. So usually how you spend your Saturdays is that you're watching Netflix the whole day. You're chilling. You're having drinks with friends. This is your habit. You want to make a very big change to spending your Saturday evenings or Saturday afternoons writing about topics you know nothing about. You take that first step. You're sitting behind your laptop on a Saturday and you're starting to write about the topic. And then you realize this is very difficult. Your brain (laughs) is already thinking, this is like very unusual. This is something that is too difficult for you to do. This is something that we don't usually do this. So this is basically the thing that's happening. And then you just close your laptop and you turn on your TV and you're watching Netflix. Then you feel bad about yourself because basically you feel like you sabotage yourself. However, in that case, you are just not aware that you are doing something new and doing something new for your brain It's just, they just don't want that. Your brain just doesn't want that. So I think neuroscience gives a very interesting perspective on resistance because it makes it very concrete, the underlying process within our brains that is causing the manifestation of certain behaviors. And with this knowledge, I think it's very cool that it gives us 
something to hold on to in terms of, you know, we can be so critical towards ourselves or so mean and so unforgiving. But knowing this is, I find it quite powerful because it's, it helps with translating for yourself in which situations does this behavior manifest and how does it manifest for you? So let's go to the psychoanalyst because, of course, the psychoanalyst, they love to analyze what are the beliefs, um, what are the beliefs in our subconscious that are manifesting in our lives. And this is very fitting with this topic of resistance. And for example, Freud, he said that resistance was a sign of some past trauma that is hidden in the subconscious that needed to be revealed and addressed in a present. And in his view, resistance brings a very powerful message because by becoming aware of it and how it manifests, we can move closer towards resolving inner conflicts. In line with that, in individual psychology, so for example, for example, the psychologist Alfred Adler, I'm not sure if I've ever said this, but individual psychology is the field that... <laughs> analyzes what are the things that motivates us to act in our lives. Alfred Adler is a very popular individual psychologist, and he said that resistance is a natural response to feeling inferior and inadequate, and that we fall back on resistance because we try to protect ourselves. However, he argued that in the long run, going back to your comfort zone will lead to no good since it's kind of a maladaptive approach that we take to our development. And he argued that as people, we need to face our problems head on. So you can see already that the psychoanalysts and the individual psychologists, they also look at chain of events that neuroscience talks about and they created their senses based on that. So they believe too that it's a very natural response that we try to protect ourselves. However, that we shouldn't, that we should challenge it. Because on the long run, if you say you want a change in your life, it's for a reason that you said you wanted it. And if we always go back to our comfort zone without challenging that, on the long run, that it doesn't really serve our development. And I like that thought and belief. In philosophy, their beliefs are somewhat in line with the psychoanalyst. And they also say that it comes up because we have, we as people, of course, they have to say it in a more, you know, pain and suffering way. We as people want to avoid pain <laughs> and suffering. However, it's important for our own development to address it. And then there was one that was very interesting, which is Satra. I don't know if I'm saying it right. I'm sorry if I'm not. He said that resistance is a way for us to protect ourselves from the demands that society places upon us. And I guess Satcher also approached it more from the sociological perspective, because indeed, in sociology, they look at resistance from the perspective of resisting things in society. So if there are trends that are happening in our lives or in society, that there is a different extent to which we can resist those, either by not participating or also going against it. Let's talk more about how it can manifest. I want to focus here on the individual psychology perspective and what the psychoanalysts talk about and also the neuroscience approach and disregard the sociology perspective. 
because I want to focus on efforts to change. And efforts to change can be small, they can be big, but the response of our brains a lot of times is the same process, but it can manifest differently. So let's talk about how it manifests. One way that it can manifest that we, I think all of us can relate to is procrastinate. <laughs> can't even spell it correctly. Procrastination. So you say you want to change, you keep putting off that action that will bring you closer to that change. And I don't, I don't know if you can relate, but procrastination is such a, I don't know, it feels like such a brain numbing thing to do. It's like you're sitting in front of the TV, you're not even paying attention anymore, but you just know that you're putting something off. You're just staring without actually paying attention while putting something off. It kind of feels like torture, to be honest. The second one We've already talked about it before, but it's self-sabotage. So self-sabotage is a really funny one because, again, it's not that you don't take action, but actually you do the opposite of what you said you would do. So you're engaging in behaviors that are actively undermining the efforts to make change. For example, self-destructive behaviors or intentionally avoiding the things that you really want to do. Then rationalization is also one that's very interesting because you say you want to make a change and then instead of taking that action, you're just sitting there thinking and rationalizing in your brain why you shouldn't be doing that. So you're making excuses or you're justifying not taking that action or justifying the behaviors that we do to self-sabotage. So for example, you self-sabotage and then you say, oh, but this is how I've always been. So this is what rationalization looks like. The other thing is defensiveness. And what I said before, resistance can manifest in a lot of different ways. So someone can propose an idea to you and you can react defensively. So if someone gives you feedback on something that you should improve, for example, but you want to resist that and you can respond in a very defensive way. Whereas a feedback is a positive thing because it can help you improve. So also very interesting one. And another one that I find interesting is fear and fearful thoughts taking over your brain. So feeling afraid or anxious about potential consequences of change and then just assuming the worst without actually challenging those bad thoughts or bad beliefs. And I think for people that are anxious, like I can deal with anxiety sometimes, this way that resistance manifests can feel so natural because if you are already used to fearful thoughts, when it comes up because you're resisting something, it's very difficult to be aware that it's not the fearful thoughts, it's resistance manifesting. So this one, I find it very interesting. Like procrastination, I don't do that anymore because I just, yeah, don't want to deal with that. However, the fear, the one of fear and fearful thoughts coming up, that one, I find it very, very difficult to catch it. And when I catch it even, it's like, oh, it's my own thoughts and not the fearful thoughts. So I would say that these are some of the ways in which 
resistance can manifest in our lives. And before going on to how you can deal with it, I'm also very curious to learn from you. And you can ask yourself this question wherever you are listening to the podcast. How does resistance manifest in your own life? Have there has has there been moments when you probably unconsciously let these resistance behaviors take over and overshadow your positive intent to change? When have you encountered that you really wanted to do something, but then you just ended up not doing it because either you procrastinated or you rationalized it, you let fearful thoughts take over or you self-sabotage yourself. All right, so now it's time for us to talk about how do you deal with resistance coming up. The first thing is expect it to come. Your brain wants efficiency. It wants behaviors that are familiar to you, whether those are good or bad, that doesn't matter. So given the fact that your brain cannot distinguish between good or bad, it's you rationalizing or judging something as good or bad. It's good to keep in mind that it will happen. Your brain will want to go back to the old. It will want to go back to the habits that have been there for a really long time. So given the fact that it's going to come, how do you want to go about, one, recognizing how it manifests for you? That is in line with the second point. So focusing on becoming aware of it and recognizing it. This is a very personal thing. So you need to understand for yourself, when does resistance come up? And in line with that, a level deeper is sitting with yourself. And when it comes up to really think, what are the core beliefs, the thoughts that arise, that are underlying that behavior. So if you notice a behavior, you need to go back to the feeling and from the feeling to the thoughts and the core beliefs because that will answer a lot of questions of why it keeps coming up without you also not catching it on time. The third thing is to challenge it. So when these beliefs are negative, you need to challenge the belief. So I recently learned about practice that they do in therapy, which is to write down all the thoughts that arise when a situation is arising. And then the following step is to give a counter argument to those thoughts or beliefs. So, and also look at it in proof why. So if your belief is I can never do anything, which is a very general belief, but still very powerful, then you need to write down all those times that you actually did something. And then when you see it on the paper, you're like, oh, actually, I did all of this and now I still have this belief. So that really helps with challenging the belief because you're giving counter proof to what the thought or belief is. I love doing that exercise, by the way. And then the other thing is to be mindful of making big changes. So making changes positive. However, given that resistance will arise, a trick that I found was to not make super big changes in one go, but to make smaller changes instead. So for example, if I want to wake up early every day, 
that is a really big change moving from not waking up super early. So instead of putting the goal for yourself, I need to wake up early every day, just try waking up 15 minutes earlier on one day and then see how it went. Try it again. Try to be consistent with it first and then scale it up to waking up one hour earlier. So really making gradual changes because this is less shocking to your body. It's less shocking to your system because you're not making this huge change and putting up this really big goal. You know, resistance will arise because it's a big change. So make a small change, become consistent at it, and then scale it up. A very good tip. So setting realistic goals is really important there. And it's also a great moment to go back to your why. When you're in a situation like this that your brain is completely taking over and you don't recognize what is happening, you are in no state to change anything in your life. You need to let it go. And with letting it go, just don't do it (laughs) because when you try to, that's like force. So you try to, you know, you're feeling bad about it. You're feeling anxious. You have all these negative beliefs and then you keep trying this change and inevitably you're not gonna, it's not gonna succeed. You're not gonna give up. So always letting it go and then sitting with yourself and understanding why it's coming up and then revisiting your why. And from there to plan a new course of action, take an iterative approach to this and As I said, keep the goals realistic and small. Don't try to make extreme big changes in a short amount of time. As I said, it's a very personal thing. So you can also think about what would work for you. It's not one truth that counts for everyone. Everyone needs to find their own path towards dealing with resistance and still making the changes that they want in their lives come true. And with that, people, we reached the end of this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. And thank you for listening. I will see you next time in the last episode of season one. Have a good day. Bye.